Hey guys, Garrett here, and I know a lot of you don't always make it to the end of the episode where we do a lot of our, you know, blatant self-promotion, and you don't have to out yourself, you don't have to apologize, I'm not going to out you, nothing like that, this is just nice one-on-one talk. Just wanted to let you guys know that we are now live on Kickstarter for All Rise, our courtroom storytelling game. Um, If that sounds interesting to you, we would love to have your support. Uh, Only $19 to pledge for a copy of the game, and that'll get you, obviously, all the unlocked stretch goals. Uh, We have a few of the art tiers available where you can get some of the original pieces of art from Linda Youngerberg, uh, hand-drawn sketches of of evidence, uh, really cool stuff. Um, But anyways, if that sounds interesting to you, search for us on Kickstarter or go to our website, roughdraftgames.com, and uh, we have direct links right there to the Kickstarter. Uh, We would super appreciate any help that you guys uh, could throw our way. Thanks. And without further ado, here's Daniel. know gear what Tom? sometimes you just gotta work with the cards you're dealt you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes you spawn right next to a little pub g reference here right next to a nice little scar sometimes <laughs> level three helmet level three helmet level right three there not asking for other much. times all you got's a little you got a little pistol you know or maybe you got a uh i don't oh. know it's been a while since i played crossbow Look. A little crossbow. Just, oh, a, pair, so just a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you uh you 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 manage to uh, find a bag full of drug money on the street that was intended to be a dead drop and you're able to just pick it up and go home. Sometimes you gotta work at McDonald's. Yeah. You know? That's just the luck of the draw. It's not right fair. place at the right time. And sometimes if you're in the world of X Men Sometimes you're able to shoot little fireworks out of your fingers if you're Jubilee, and sometimes you're able to immediately defeat Magneto in one hit if you're Banshee. Not fair! Not fair, ladies and gentlemen. But what are you going to do? Welcome, everyone, to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the weirder, more bizarre... In this case, retro games that are uh, in existence out there. And we break them down. We talk about them. What makes them work? What makes them not work? And whether or not you should play them. I'm your first co-host and one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Hungerberg. And with me here, as always, is... Garrett Lively. My mutant power is to sense childhood angst just bubbling at the surface, returning to Tom. You, you getting any any readings on me, Garrett? Yeah. Is it off the yeah, charts? It's, uh, it is spiking quite quite high right now yeah. quite heavily and also with us is uh jeff lee you know, i thought about my x-men power many a time when i was younger but it's changed now it's uh almost mutated if you will and <laughs> as i'm older i think the one power that i think would trump all of them wouldn't be to copy anyone's power or to be able to read people's mind it'd just be unlimited wealth unlimited wealth batman essentially yeah i can just buy I, think about it none of the x-men despite all their powers they're all poor Every well, Xavier, Xavier's got a mansion. Well, he might have he might have forced someone mentally to will it to him or something like that. Like some yeah, lady. too much work. Just be rich. Yeah, just be rich. <laughs> get in, get out. Quite simple as that. Uh, Garrett, what we're, we are playing a very interesting game here today. If anyone is, we're talking about the X Men, of course, because uh, today's game is very much uh, harkens back to the era of Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you guys watched, you know. It's the Amazing Spider-Man when that was... What What show? Was that on Fox Kids? Is yeah, that the network that came FX on? FX Kids, I think, might, maybe it was I don't called. know, the name's probably changed. But yeah, yeah, Fox yeah. Kids, the WB, maybe at one point. I, don't, I, I think don't know. it yeah, was on the WB, yeah. yeah. I can't remember, like, I can't remember if this, the show predates the board game that we're playing today, because the design for Wolverine on the box is actually the brown and gold Wolverine. It's more of a retro version of Wolverine that was brought back for X Men Evolution. It's not the the classic yellow spandex Wolverine where he's Electric just like blue. super. Yeah, I think this was. I, I I'm not sure if it was brought out specifically for the television series, but the television series 
was uh, the, at least the one we're familiar with was released in '92, and this game came out in '92. So I'm not yes. 100% sure if it. I, they have the Marvel Comics little logo mm-hmm. up there, so I, I think it is officially tied into the comics um, and not excellent. The, yeah, but that's good because I was worried because there was some of the updated art assets in there, like there were some high res images in there of like newer versions of Xavier on like the little standees, yeah. but. The cards were like the classic '90s design, where you got Rogue with like the the skin tight suit and the pumped up like jacket. You know, it's all puffy and stuff. Big yeah, hair, yeah. very fair Fawcett hair. It was nice. <laughs> but uh, those those are the X Men that we we knew, and I didn't even know that this game existed uh, back when uh, when I was a kid. That's yeah, too bad. I know this game actually has uh, quite a lot going for it. Why don't you tell them what we're playing here today, Gary? We're playing the Mouthful. The Uncanny X-Men Alert Adventure Game. That is full title there. Um, I would was, say what, like three of those words uh, are completely <laughs> unnecessary. Like they don't have anything to do with the just game. Just do right? X-Men Adventure Game. Or yeah, I mean, not even, maybe game. not even an adventure game. Like maybe just X-Men game. Yeah. That seems to be a hot topic as well, Jeff, on most of the boards uh, discussing this game. It's not even. It's not even about like the gameplay itself. It's just people commenting on the title. The title, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the Uncanny X-Men Alert Adventure Game was released in 1992 by our dear, dear friends, Pressman Toy Corporation. Uh, we've seen them. I, I think they might be the number one most talked about publisher on Roll and Move. Uh, some them highlights. Them Cardinal. They're up there together. You know, yeah. they're neck and neck. Yeah. <laughs> they've uh, well, they've had 24. One of our favorites, uh, the Amazing Race DVD board game. Uh, Jeff and I played with Travis. Uh, Atmosphere. Deal or No Deal, the DVD board game, Harry Potter Triwizard Tournament, Oregon Trail, the card game, and Napoleon Dynamite, pretty much my favorite animal drawing game. So, Cardinal's uh, been up there too, right? Like, you know, obviously. Card- yeah, Cardinal's been up there. I-, I do think Pressman takes the cake, though. Right. I think uh, this is the, what, the eighth, eighth entry into our Pressman uh, catalog here. Um, and I did a little bit of research before the episode. Pressman clocks in at a whopping 2.03 overall average from the Rough Draft Boys. So Solid. just yeah, just keep that keep that in mind. I, I do believe that is one of our lower uh, lower averages for, collectively for the the corporations that are the uh, the publishers that we have reviewed. So uh, mm. not necessarily hitting home runs all the time. But what's also interesting about this game is it is it was created by a very, very well-known and a very, very influential board game designer. Um, so a lot of times we see these Pressman games, they don't have the the designer linked to it. Uh, this, Those we, are the modern-day ones. That's like your Triwizard Tournament, the one yeah. that's just a carbon copy of Trouble. Yeah, I know? mean, I, I think probably, you know, even 24 or The Amazing Race, um, Atmosphere didn't. Have, I, I can't remember. I, I don't believe Atmosphere did. I, I think they had the publishing company. Um, but yeah, I, it, it generally, you know, with Milton Bradley or Hasbro or Pressman or Cardinal, you d- usually don't see the designer name. But they got a big boy for this one. They wanted to. They wanted to hit a home run. They got a uh, a war gamer legend, Mr. Richard Borg, who um, I'm not sure if you guys know, but uh, kind of created, kind of modernized the the war gaming scene with a simplified version, simplified card combat. Um, with uh, the command and color system, I, I think hmm. the the biggest selling game of his, Memoir Forty Four, which is a is a very 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 popular uh, war games um, that has had many. many I will maps. say, and we'll obviously get into this later on, but of the Pressman games, uh, this has probably been in general the, one of the most impressive ones that we played. Mm-hmm. And without mm-hmm. without spoiling too much, we can certainly get into that later. Yeah, and I, this this episode isn't about Mister Borg. He's uh, he's a he's a legend in the hobby. Uh, he he. I think his debut is in '87 with Liar's Dice, and he's he's still making games today. Um, yeah. But uh, this is 1992, and he he got himself a board game that's featured on Roll and Move because you know they're capitalizing. I, I think Pressman probably had a little bit to do with this. They reached out to him. I don't think he worked for Pressman. I think he was probably contracted. But they reached out to him, trying to capital, capitalize on the superhero mania of the the early 90s that was going down and uh has has it ever stopped i don't know maybe there was like a dead period that was a pretty big era though i mean like you know you had the x-men you had teenage mutant ninja turtles you had power rangers i feel like for some reason american cartoons really shifted towards like action hero i mean you know obviously you had the earlier ages of things like gi joe but i feel like that era the 90s really had a ton Mm -hmm. of different superhero action type um oh yeah uh, i mean it's yeah it's a genre that's always going to be 
I don't know. Maybe uh, sort of Saturday mornings really got their kickoff in the 1980s with like Transformers and just like right. yeah, the, like companies like Hasbro that are essentially making cartoons that are in in and of themselves advertisements. I yeah. remember that was actually quite a big controversy, but so it's like why can't we do the same thing with X-Men, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just put the toys out there and uh, you know, the the show will take care of the rest. But of course, we got to have a board game in the uh, in the lineup of merchandise. Yeah. So they, one, one other quick board. interesting note on the the whole superhero cash grab here: uh, this board game came with a fifty percent off Marvel comic subscription. Yo, uh, little pamphlet mm. inside. So not not too shabby if you're mm. uh, if you're looking to get get into collecting comics. Save those quarters back in the day. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> worth it. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this game, 92. Uh, and I think it also harkens back to another one of our uh, games, the the Small Soldiers Big Battle. Uh, Tom, do you remember when, like how old you were when you had that game? Um, I think I got that game when I was around third grade. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, like yeah. 98. Like, 98, okay. When I was like so, eight. Yeah. So this game also featured. I, I I don't know if anybody remembers, but in that in that um, that episode, we were very very much impressed with the miniatures, the little toy action figures that came in that game, which made sense because it was a game about toy action figures. Uh, this game also has eighteen like uh, collectible miniatures uh, that a lot of people painted. A lot of, you had a couple of them you had to assemble. Professor X and uh, Archangel. You had to clip in the wings and the wheelchair. But uh, they came with just nice little miniatures, that, which are very, very popular nowadays uh, in, in the board gaming scene. Mm-hmm. I, so, I, so if you can imagine the Kickstarter back in you know '92, this game probably would have raised five or six million dollars at least, uh, just, for <laughs> just the, by having just miniatures. for the eighteen yeah. miniatures. Yeah, I mean, when you adjust for inflation, that's easily like twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> exactly. So. I mean, just round exactly. up to a billion at this point, <laughs> right? So this game had all the makings for you know big box classic. Uh, in the completely dead board gaming board gaming scene of 1992, so it's a mm-hmm. it's a shame that nobody recognizes it because you know it it had all it had everything it needed. It was it was sitting yeah. right there. I mean, was it a very popular game? Like, I, I don't want to tip into reviews too early, but do you see a lot of people saying, "Hey, I haven't you know I had this as a kid, and it sort of like disappeared in everyone's gaming shelves," or did this not sell well, or? Uh, I don't know about the sales specifically. I do know that there, compared to other games that we kind of reviewed from this era, it is it is certainly not up to snuff as far as the amount of ratings. So we'll we'll dive in more to that. But uh, I, yeah, yeah I, for sure. I think for a pressman game, it's um, pretty low on the amount of ratings. But oh, I, overall, I think it's a decent amount of ratings for the for the era. My guess is, but yeah, like for pressman, right. for pressman, considering the reach that they had, I, this is probably. A, not that common of a game. It's not like the Pokemon game that kind of you knew, you everyone knew someone that had it. Really? Um, I don't. Need, I don't really remember this game at all. Um, <laughs> from our, I mean, it it, it was before, really before our our age. Uh, to be to be mm-hmm. frank, it's like right when we were born, um, like when we were toddlers. But still, I don't really remember many people having this game. Mm-hmm. I will say that I'm looking at the box and they do have that. Many most board games that you get these days are in nice big square containers. This has the classic rectangle. Yeah, you know oh, what yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah, classic yeah. rectangle yeah. look. You know, the yeah, it uh, slides the in nicely right on top of Monopoly and right below oh, yeah. uh, the game of life. Just fits in perfectly. Yeah, all the yeah. same. Oh, They're yeah. all the same. All all the cardboard boxes. And if you lose that, you can always go to Macy's around Christmas time, and you can ask for one of those boxes to box up your clothes, and they'll mm-hmm. give it to you so you can. Uh, so you can just use that as a bottom or a top if you ever need it. <laughs> all you got to do, you know. <laughs> um, so do we, before we go into the, what's in the box here and the rules and that sort of stuff, Gare, do we have to remind anyone what the X-Men is? It's pretty it's pretty ubiquitous Man, as far as I sh- Yeah, I sure hope so. Right? Uh, yeah. If you don't know what X-Men is, just pull up Wikipedia. I don't know. Watch. There's probably going to be another movie coming out about them in like two or three years. Yeah, yeah I'd... I need to say if you're a if you've listened to any episodes of this uh, podcast or you're interested in this podcast and you're probably the type to know at least what X Men <laughs> is so right okay so we're good on that front then yeah in that case Garrett what's in the in the box what's in the box all right X Men the Uncanny X Men Alert Adventure Game comes complete as I mentioned previously with eighteen miniatures of your favorite heroes favorite mutants. Uh, 
you're going to start the game with two of these, and you're going to battle around three different battle zones. So the board is broken up into, uh, I guess, three different, four different tracks, three of which are the battle zones, and then there's an outside track, the slow track and cranium-esque version, which is uh, basically, it's basically just a victory point counter. Um, it's not really a track per se. I mean, I guess it is a track, but it, it's just it's just where you keep track of your victory points. Um, you got your nice Monopoly, official Monopoly-sized sized board there uh, with the X-Men there. You got a couple decks of cards, which are basically one deck is just going to be where you deal the uh, villains from. Another deck is going to be your, your community chest or chance cards. And then uh, you have your 18 starting player cards, uh, and they correspond to the hero miniatures that you have in the game. Um, and that's it. Pretty simple. It's got your heroes. It's got, oh no, I, I take that back. One other very major component is uh, there are nine dice. These dice are a little bit special, and I was actually reading the reviews of people, and uh, I, I don't want to get into the reviews, but a lot of people mentioned that the dice were. Um, you guys remember in the, uh, the the Klondike bar? What would you do for a Klondike bar game? They were mm-hmm. just like these white hunks of plastic, and the <laughs> person that the bought the game on. had to put the stickers on themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's what you had to do for this game. So this game had ah. custom dice, uh, and it's basically got so it's got two. Bl- they just leave two sides blank, just completely blank. Uh, one side you put a purple sticker on, and that is uh, worth negative one points for most things. You one side you put a blue sticker on, and that's worth one point for most things. And then another side you put a yellow sticker on, and that's worth two points for most things. Um, and you'll use those for various various reasons, for mostly for combat, but also for healing. And uh, every once in a while, you'll just make a bonus die check and roll those off. Um, but that's it. That's all that's in the box. Um, I. I, I don't know. Do you, should we talk about the uh, the characters that are within it or the uh, yeah? The I want to rules? make a comment on the characters. So, if you were to think about the I don't know the five or six most popular X Men characters, which ones do you guys think those would be? Cyclops, uh, Wolverine, Wolverine, Professor X. Uh, I think I think Storm and um, Rogue and Jubilee. All, but I think all of those may have definitely come in the after 90s, though. So yeah, or, yeah, those may have come after this game was released. Um, I was always a huge like, Nightcrawler. Yeah, Jean Grey was up there. Um, the Beast, or yeah, Beast was up there, and uh, I, I think Magne- people are going to say Magneto. You know, he's he's bouncing mm-hmm. around. Yeah, sometimes. well, he's he's like obviously, and and this, and just so everyone knows, most of the, um, I think all probably of the uh, uh, miniatures in the game, the players that you can play are on the you know the good side of the X Men. So Magneto wouldn't be on that list, but um, Jean Grey actually wasn't didn't come with the 18 characters which i thought was really interesting now was um, she was she created for the animated series i see that's the thing i'm not sure i don't know if it's a part Oof. of the lore jean, jean gray or phoenix um no jean gray was jean gray was not created for the animated okay. series she was she's always been. i, I always thought she was very right. deeply she, her first her first appearance x-men number one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i feel like she's really <laughs> deeply OG. entwined with the lore and yeah. she wasn't included here in, the, in this game which i thought was pretty interesting it, you, you guys named like everyone else you well, named is do you guys miniatures do you want to know why she's not included sure there's a reason uh, one of the villains is Dark Saga Phoenix, and uh, she's one of the strongest uh, in the game. Okay, got it. And this is actually Dang. during, in the comic book at this time, they were exploring Dark Phoenix as a villain, and she was obscenely powerful. Yeah. So that is that is probably why she's missing from the got heroes. Got it. Okay, deck. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. that didn't come up in our, and at least our cards, and... Um, so that makes a ton of sense that you mentioned that. And yeah, and I know like if anyone has done maybe not surface level X-Men, you know, luring, but you dig in a little deeper, you know, most people say that Phoenix or Jean Grey is supposed to be one of the most, the strongest X-Men, right, on, on the power scale. Mm-hmm. And, but she just could never control her power. So it's one of those like, oh, wasted, potential wasted talent, you know, we couldn't control her, blah, 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 sort of thing. Um, and that's what made her storyline really, really interesting and I think that's where where they tried to spin off and do the Dark Phoenix movie. Did it kind of flop? So, um, but yeah. Anyways, kind of kind of going off tangent a little bit. But I just thought it was really interesting why they didn't didn't put it in. And I guess it's probably a product of the era. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say that is incorrect about these cards is so they have all the statuses for each card. You know, fighting skill, durability, intelligence, total power. Do you know what intelligence they gave Beast? Uh, what what's like three? They gave him a two. Two? No. Out of six, as smart as Jubilee. 
Nah, uh, wrong. Yeah, bad call. Kang bad is call. a scientist. He He's a scientist. He's not a very good one. I mean, he got himself turned into the beast, but he's brilliant. He's <laughs> usually Professor Xavier's number two guy. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that was the one thing that I was like looking at when I'm scrolling through these cards. They and I'm give just like, Cyclops Man. a three. They give Cable a three, which I don't think. They gave Shadowcat a four. What? For intelligence? Yeah. Over Beast. I mean, she's not dumb, but she's not as smart as Beast. So yeah, maybe, that's... so let's let's get into part of the gameplay because I think maybe intelligence isn't the right term, uh, considering what you use the intelligence for, right? So maybe that's part of the reason Valid. why uh, it's not necessarily that. Well, let's get yeah, into. Should have called it charisma. Though. Yeah, exactly, or something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, rules. What do you got for us? Yeah, so basically each character card that I mentioned previously has four stats on it. It's got fighting skill, durability, intelligence, and total power. Those first three stats are going to be a number usually between two and six, I think. I don't think anyone has a one. Um, And it just corresponds to the amount of dice you're going to roll if you're going to do any of those checks. Um, Those white chunky dice I previously described. Um, And then there's the fourth one that I said total power. That is uh, just going to correspond to basically how expensive they are to recruit if you come across them in the wild. Uh, Similarly, the villains have two stats. There's one, which is their strength, and that is basically the exact same value as the hero's total value. So if you come across them in the the battle zone, you have to eventually work up to that much power. Um, And then they have a second stat, which is experience, which is essentially how many victory points you get at the end of the game. Um, so basically how it works is, like I said, there's three battle zones, and at the start of every player's turn, you're going to make sure that there's at least one card, or there is one card in all three of those battle zones, and it can either be a hero or a villain, and basically it's you're going to do the same thing regardless if it's a hero or a villain. You're going to check which stat you need to roll, either uh, fighting skill or intelligence, and you're going to roll that many dice, and if the purple ones comes up, that does damage to you. If the blue or yellow sides come up, you do you do quote-unquote damage to that enemy, or you start recruiting that hero, and you move up on the track. So let's say uh, I have Dr. Doom here. He's got a strength of 16, so you put him on the 16 track, and then let's say you roll uh, five dice with Cyclops, and you get uh, three, uh, you know, you get one blue and two yellow, uh, that would give you five five points to move up the track, and then you subtract any purple from your own personal uh, your personal hit points. So if I rolled like one purple, two blue, and uh, one yellow, I would do four points on that track and then and then take away a point of health from Cyclops. So it, it's basically all this. So it's basically weighing in uh, how, how it's pushing your luck, how, how far you want to push your luck to see if you are going to take too many uh too much damage to have to retreat or eventually recruit that hero or capture that villain and earn the experience aka the victory points um once you have each each character has their durability stat and um again from two to six and that's that's going to be your hp so if your durability is three you can take three of those purple dice values um, if you're ever forced to retreat, you're considered to be back at the HQ, and then while you're back at the HQ, you can roll your durability stat and uh, take off however many uh, hits you've acquired to heal back mm-hmm. up to full health. Um, really, the only other uh, minutia is when you're sending people into battle, you basically have to commit everyone to a certain zone um, at the beginning before you start battling. So you can you can spread them out. Uh, there's a cap of four heroes that you can have on your quote-unquote team but um so like say maybe you want to send two of them into battle zone one and one into battle zone two and then another one into battle zone three you can split them up however but once they're there they're locked in there until they uh until they either capture the enemy recruit the hero or until they uh take enough hp or take enough damage that they don't have any hp left so that's that's really really all it is and you're just competing i I don't know was it like 20 maybe 20 victory points or something like that that you have to yeah you're trying to get about 20 in order to win yeah and you got like uh your super baddies like magneto that have like they're they're worth like seven victory points yeah i'd say on an average four to five like uh of of the the Mm -hmm. bad players or the bad mutants would round you up about four to five yeah and on that victory point track, did you tell them about the chance cards, Garrett? Oh yeah, so yeah, good point. There's a couple of uh, so there are a couple spaces that are just X's, which are neutral. You don't do anything. There's a couple spaces that uh, say training and luck, and those are just your 
random chance cards, which could be either good or bad. And there's a couple spaces that say recruit an X-Men hero, and you just get to, for free, uh, take the top hero card off of the uh, the hero card deck, which is face mm-hmm. down, and add them to your team. Um, yes. So long as you don't have four or more. Yes. And recruiting X-Men is very, very important. Right, yes. <laughs> if you can do it, yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's a great thing to do. Imagine. It's a nice thing to be able to have. Yeah. So, so I, I forgot to say, at the beginning of the game, you start with two. Um, and there, I, I, I guess I, there's one more rule I should talk about, which is uh, if you take additional hits past what your total HP is, you're considered to be seriously wounded. And you have a single roll when you're back at HQ to... Um, so let's say I have an HP of three and I took five hits. That means I'm two over my HP. I have a single roll with my durability check once I'm back at HQ. And I have to achieve two or higher or else my character dies. He is out of the game completely and I, I'm stuck with one less hero. Um, so yeah, Jeff, uh, I don't know if you had any more insight on that, but... Um, yeah, because I lived it the whole game. Uh, <laughs> so essentially what happened to me uh, for the listeners at home was, uh, I, you know, I, I decided to fight the, the toughest boss at the start of the game because I figured, you know, I have some pretty good fighting characters. Um, the perks were pretty it was, good. It was at, a medium boss. It was I, it was a medium boss, you know, worth like four experience. It was 15 know. for five or six. So it, at the beginning, it was the hardest out of the ones that came yeah. out. Yeah, um, right. So I took that one on first, and then... It was, it was Wendigo, 15 for 5. Yeah, 15 for 5. So I took that one on first, thinking um, I have a total of 9 dice rolls, and I have some pretty good combat characters. So uh, Longshot, which is one of mine, um, he was able to uh, <laughs> re-roll any blanks, uh, or sorry, any dice that weren't negative dice. Um, so basically I could re-roll blanks for free, and then... Um, the, I also had Gambit, and if I rolled any Marvel ones, they would double. So it, it'd go from two to four. So basically, if I hit any decent dice, uh, I'd yeah. be in pretty good shape. Um, pretty, really good shape. Yeah. So You'd have to get very unlucky. I would have to, to be uh, very unlucky. And just so everyone knows at home, the way that the dice, is, the dice were um, proportioned out were uh, two of the dice were plus one hit, so they were good. Two of them were nothing, which is fine. Um, one of them was a minus one, minus it was yeah. a hit, and then what was the when other you, one? One, one of them was a two. The ones the yeah the yeah. So there's a really ba- there's a bad, there's a really good, two goods and two nothing. So one out of six chance that you get hit. Yeah. But for yeah. me, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I just couldn't stop getting hit. I you know I um I took a lot of hits early on. I led with long shot. He he had four HP. Took all four. I swapped with Cyclops. I still got the. I still defeated that boss, um, and then long shot. But at what cost? But at what cost what? exactly? So I, I figured whatever, go back. Um, I think long shot had a durability of four, if I recall. So I needed yes. to. Um, and remember, I can re-roll with long shot too. So I really just needed to not hit a ton of, like uh, a ton of hits early on, so I can just survive. I, I was really gambling on the fact that I had the odds in my favor with those two characters. But it didn't work out that way. So uh, when I rolled, I think I took two hits. Um, I healed like one or something, and I had I yeah. only had one dice to re-roll. I didn't want to take the chance, so I re-rolled that dice, and I think it was also an additional hit. So I I lost long shot at the very <laughs> after capturing the, the first quote unquote tough boss. Um, yeah, and it just crippled me for the rest of the game. I mean, in order... Well, not only that, you, your Gambit was like at... Like, he had took the maximum amount of hits. Yeah. Like, he wasn't seriously wounded, right. but he had to go back mm-hmm. to HQ, too. Yeah, and then, so I, I had Gambit back at HQ, and Gambit, again, remember, if I rolled... I think I'm rolling... I th- Gambit rolls five dice, and if I roll... Uh, basically, if I roll any two uh, Marvel, that's a total of eight. So it's pretty easy to roll uh, eights, you know, just yeah. as easy it is to take two damage, but for some reason, I just kept taking damage. So... I brought Gambit back. I had to heal him, and I think his heal was like two or th- I think durability. His heal two, was three. Was three, yeah. um, and I had I think I rolled <laughs> like I rolled blanks for like two. You turns have a fifty percent chance to, to roll in. a positive number there. Yeah, and I couldn't and get couldn't a single. Yeah, I couldn't get any heals off. <laughs> and then uh, mm-hmm. and and I think Thomas and Garrett got ahead. Um, I think Thomas early on got an extra. He he recruited. Or he um, influenced somebody to join and then was able to recruit as well in on a recruiting spot. 
Uh, I think Garrett right. found um, Garrett had some pretty powerful early cards, as Thomas is mentioning. So there's really no way for me to slingshot back. And I've talked about this before where, you know, I don't mind that the leader maintains a lead in a lot of games. But the thing that mm-hmm. bothers me is that when people are out of the game, and I've seen this and I talk about this in Settlers all the time, when people kind of get blocked out, um, the player interaction, there's not much for them to do anymore. And you start seeing them kind of check out of the game. Yeah. So I think that's the way I felt in this in this game of X Men. Now, granted, it, everything had to go wrong for me. I think, uh, <laughs> and it, and it certainly did. But there was like no, you know, for example, in Settlers of Catan, there's at least development cards that you can buy, and you kind of have a long shot way to get back in the game. There's nothing for me to do. I mean, the actions that I had were kind of laid out in front of me. I can only heal at some certain points. I can only attack certain characters that were available. There started to be, as Thomas was alluding to, there started to be more enemy cards that were coming out that were stronger and I only had one card to fight I only had one X-Men to fight on my side so I pretty much couldn't capture anything I couldn't move and the only way to recruit again is you have to move on the board and hope you land on either recruit space directly or you hope that your training uh, and luck cards also grant you some sort of way to recruit other characters so I ended with just Gambit there's no way for me to um, there's no way for me to get another character and I even asked Garrett is there a way that I can let Gambit die but I think I have to take the action to heal um, mm-hmm. So if I had let Gambit die, my hope was maybe I'll get another X Men uh, that like could potentially, you know, Garrett had Garrett had the card where you can roll two positive dice and you can just instantly capture. Um, uh, <laughs> so I was hoping that I could get some sort of you know hail mary card like that, or even yeah. somebody with a five HP, like even somebody with more HP would have been way more helpful. I just kind of ended up right. with the the wrong balance at the wrong time, and it was really difficult for me to kind of come back in the game. So. Overall, I would say I really enjoyed this game uh, through the eyes of you guys playing. (laughs) There's a lot of aspects of this game that I really thought were great, especially for for the 90s. Like, I was really impressed with a lot of stuff that happened in the game. The one thing that I wish, um, and there there are other games that suffer from the same thing, is, you know, you definitely lose uh, some of the player interaction, especially with longer games. If they're behind, there's no way for them to kind of get back in. There's no way for them to kind of come back into the game. So I'd say that, that, that those are my main points from from falling behind early on. And I, I admit, I took a gamble early on. I didn't pay off. And then still didn't think that I would be hurt that badly. And I just kept rolling really poor rolls. So it, it, <laughs> admittedly, it was like a really bad, really bad chance of rolls for me. So kind of the mix of the yeah. two. I, I would say that... Uh... I sort of did the opposite. I was really focusing on getting some high experience stuff earlier. I managed to get my hands on a teammate a little earlier, and I even was able to recruit. What was your, what was your team, Tom? Tell us, tell us your team. My team was Rogue, Nightcrawler, Jubilee, who wasn't really that good, but had a really good special ability. Mm. She was pretty weak. She could only take two hits, and then Wolverine, Wolverine, who could roll the maximum amount of dice in combat. Yeah. Now. I know what you're thinking, dear listener. You're probably thinking, wow, what a dream team. This sounds like <laughs> Jordan, Pippin, Shaq. I don't know who was on the Shaq? 92 dream team. But in my heart, he's on there too. I Look, I'm, we are, I'm right there with you. I thought that things were going to be going really well. But there happens to be a little character in the game called Banshee, right? It's really good. He's really great he's awesome when you have him because here's here's the way it goes i'm in the middle of fighting a a very strong person and i could one shot this thing yeah. if i had the ability if i was going all in with my whole team and it this took me a while the white queen this is the white queen yeah she had, uh, she had 12 12 strength and uh, 4 xp not, not, right. not too shabby i was going up there with wolverine and nightcrawler and I got all the way up to, like, nine. And then Garrett sends one hero <laughs> on the lowest track. He hasn't done any damage to her at all. And keep in mind, he can't take my damage. It's not yeah. like where you can just come in and gank someone's damage. Yeah, you, you have to you have to deal the the amount of damage as well if you join the battle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's got to start from square one. So he comes in, and he's got a character named Banshee. All you got to do with Banshee is you take two dice, and you roll them. And if you get two blues... A blue and a yellow, or two yellows. Congratulations! So just you the, automatically catch. So Garrett, the you said it's fifty percent chance to get a positive. So basically, it's twenty five percent chance. Twenty five percent chance that, that you would just steal any any character regardless of the difficulty. So. 
It worked out well for me. Yeah, it did. It's absurd. He's he did it multiple <laughs> times in the game. I started off with a commanding lead. He did. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And there's just nothing you can do. It was the first card that he got too. It was just Banshee. Yeah. So once someone has Banshee, and I believe Iceman has the same ability. Iceman like, does have the same ability. Yeah. <laughs> there is. It's so stupid that you would put like game breaking stuff in the game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, I mean, if you if you listen to your lineup, Nightcrawler, Rogue, Jubilee, Wolverine, you're like, okay, nobody could have drafted a better, you know, X-Men team than that. Like, maybe I, Professor X. Or, yeah, maybe you like, could have Beast and Professor X on a team, and, like, yeah. Cyclops and Gambit. You're like, okay, well, I had the Cyclops, and, you know, Banshee, and Iceman, and you know, Psylocke. It's, it, you know, it. how did you guys not pick me for the win there? You didn't I mean, even use Psylocke. All you <laughs> needed was Banshee to capture, like, three of the most powerful villains in the game. It was so... It's so... there. That's the problem with this game, in my opinion. Is It has a lot of really wor- cool working parts. Yeah. Yeah. They really tried when it comes to, like, the extra abilities for each card. For example, Rogue, she can copy the ability. You can roll two dice and try and successfully copy the ability of any other mutant that is in the battle zone with you, who are on your team or not. Yeah. You can do that. Or Nightcrawler has the ability at the beginning of his turn. He can teleport, quote-unquote, and move to any battle zone or your headquarters, which you normally are not able to do, right? Garrett said at the beginning yeah. that you can't move out, but Nightcrawler can because he can teleport. And he can also re-roll uh, empty dice, right? Dice that are neither bad nor good because he's, he's agile, right? So they themed all these cards. They yeah. did all, some really good work there. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why would you take a card that is extremely weak... All the rolls for this Banshee card, he has like three combat, two intelligence. He's not a good card. Give him this insane special ability that allows him to catch Magneto. It's 25% chance. And he can't even take damage. He can't even accidentally die. There's no consequences for a game that punished well, Jeff well, so he hard he, with he, he, he could. Well, you could take damage, but... To to your credit, he has three HP and you're only rolling two dice, so at most you're taking two damage. Yeah, uh, right. It will it, never kill him. Yeah, right. It will never. At least in one go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like for a game that like really is trying to emphasize the consequences of taking risks for high reward situations, where it <clears throat> handicapped Jeff for the rest of the game, which I also thought was bad. Because what's the point of killing off an X Men if it cripples you that bad that you can't enjoy the game? Why not just like, okay, your X-Men got knocked out. He is out of commission for uh, turn, however yeah, many turns right. the excess damage is on him, right? So if you he has three HP and he has two extra hit tiles on him, that's two turns that he's essentially comatose and you take off the extra damage tiles and then you get him back or, and you can heal him the normal way. Yeah. Why not yeah. do that? Jeff would be back in the game. So clearly this game is all about punishing you for making <laughs> risky moves. And yet they give you a freaking Banshee card where you can have a no-risk 25% shot of one-shotting Magneto? One-shotting Dark Phoenix? Not too I want to say, like, most of these games that we play... Um we typically don't have a lot of choice. In this game, there is a lot of choice, and the flaws aren't in the choice that the players make. <laughs> the flaws are usually in the, are in this time is in the balance. And uh, yeah. I think you know, usually the games that we play, there's not always balance issues per se. Like it might be something broken about the game or mis, uh, you know, misexplained. Uh, but usually, it's not balance. It's not that complex. So usually, a lot of the game designers don't have to worry about the balance. But in this case, it's complex enough where. I feel like balance is really, really important and really critical to the game, and uh, yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of missing on some of those ends. So, see, see, what well, I I I totally agree with your points, Tom, and I I want to add one other thing is, uh, I would be okay if the the game breaking occurs when you combine like specific combos of heroes. Yeah. So, for example, if like I had Banshee, and I was doing this Banshee whenever you could do that that you know two dice capture and then mm-hmm. on top of that i had cyclops who if you just keep him at the hq and bring back a villain so if he's not fighting you get to roll three dice and move additional experience points or victory points right. on the track which i so i'm okay with you breaking the game in, in that way where you you have to like actively seek out these combinations i wouldn't call that breaking um, though yeah like th- that's just smart mm-hmm. you know composition 
Yeah, it, right? but it, I mean, it could be lucky. I mean, it, yeah, it, that's you, fair. Can, it can fall into your lap. Yeah. Um, but what what I don't think is, I totally agree. What I don't think is cool is just putting a game breaking ability right there on one, on one card, card. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything for it. It's just like you got this guy. You know, if it's Banshee and Cyclops, maybe that occurs. I don't know, ten percent of the games you play or whatever, and you're like, oh, well, that was annoying. But you know, there's a what, at least a fifty percent chance that Banshee or Iceman gets drawn. It kind of feels pro- like when we played the Pokemon game. game and people were stealing. <laughs> <laughs> stealing right. pokemon from people i i'll take that yeah. <laughs> i think that's what it feels like you know like yeah. yeah there's nothing you can really do about it um there's no counterplay i mean the, honestly the only counterplay in that scenario would be for him to have Iceman or someone else to have the same character that does something else to where it feels like right. at least everybody can do it um but mm-hmm. you you also had both like both Iceman and um and uh whoever her name was but yeah it just you know it i or, 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 yeah, or make the punishment way more severe. You know, double the damage you take, or triple the damage yeah, you take, because yeah. it's only, it's only. I mean, it, it seems like a really, really big reward for just such yeah. minor risk, and it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? Um, yeah, right. In that, in that particular case, like, it, the, for me, it's when, whenever I like to look at those cards, uh, when it gives you choice, both of them should always be situational. There shouldn't, I, I shouldn't feel like one is extremely superior to another right uh typically or mm-hmm. or even there's always one that's like oh I, most turns i'll do this and you know maybe sometimes i'll do this other one but in this case like it almost made no sense for you to just battle with that character normally right did it did it feel yeah. like it was just or, or or do what every like dungeon crawler ever has done you know like stunning enemies is super op well you know sorry the boss can't be stunned you know yeah. just make it so that you know if a high value target comes you know make that usable on the low value targets but when you get magneto or the fire lord or yeah or uh or the dark phoenix it's it's it doesn't work on those guys right. so yeah I, I think he had a ton of options to draw from here and nah i think it's fine i think it'll be all right <laughs> yeah you're gonna tell me banshee <laughs> takes down dark phoenix one shot that's like that's like having Yamcha beat Frieza. Like, what are you doing? I mean, did we ever give him a chance? I mean, you know, you never. Yeah, that's know. That's true. We, we never know. He probably could have. Who's it? Uh, Yajirobe did take down Vegeta in one shot, so maybe it's, it's no. He it's cut through his armor, but he got the know, tail, right? Or no? He cut off his tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he, he tail. didn't. He had he had an instrumental role. Yajirobe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh my um, goodness! Yeah, I, I think really the only other thing I, I kind of wanted to bring up was the. Did you guys recognize like half these villains? Um, I yeah. Like, okay, I, I thought some of them were like pretty crazy. I mean, uh, I I didn't, but I think I'm. I mean, I like X Men. I mean, I feel like I know a fair X-Men. amount of yeah. X Men villains, and these were. I don't know. There's so many. I knew though. most of them, like the. Uh, like the. My brothers used to have this giant book that they got, I think, from, like, a Costco. It was, like, you guys remember those? The Ultimate Guide to yeah, X-Men. It's, it's got, like, all the really big pictures. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a wiki in, a, in, book, in form. book form. I had one for Spider-Man. I had one for X-Men. We had one for Batman. That's it pretty was cool. cool. I had one for James Bond. Um, and a lot of them are, like, yeah, a lot of those villains, like, arcade even, like, uh is he's he's a classic he's a classic villain so and and, well maybe you can help me with this so they do have they have dr doom which i normally associate with the fantastic four is is that general is he generally coming over into the x-men there's crossover sometimes but he is usually associated with fantastic four yeah and then hydra who i thought was uh what captain Captain america and yeah so anyways there's like a I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's strange choices here. Um, mm-hmm. Magneto is the third strongest villain behind uh, Dark Phoenix and behind the Evil Brood. So I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like Magneto should still get the respect at the top, but maybe that's just uh, me being a little naive. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. The, the Marvel universe is so vast. I mean, it's it's like ridiculously huge. <laughs> I, I didn't know Belasco, and I didn't know uh, Hellfire Club, and I didn't know. The Nagari demons, and I didn't know Avalanche. It just depends on the Arkan. So they're they're some of the ones that I just, just depends like, on the episode you're guys. watching that day, man. <laughs> or just gotta take man. it one episode at a time, man. <laughs> well, well, are, what were some of the reactions from the reviews? And are there any? Did anyone bring up sort of the points that we talked about in this episode as far as card balancing goes, or is everyone just talking about uh, the name? I think in BGG they they didn't talk about the name as much, but. 
uh, on Steam, for, specifically for tabletop, uh, because you know it's more trolly on the internet, <laughs> like on, on Steam. Uh, they they were like just dogging all over the fact that it was called the Uncanny X Men game. <laughs> um, but I'm happy to read. I'll save the uncanny comments for later. Let's see if we can find some about the game itself. Uh, I see a lot of people commenting on they implement like a uh, draft system. Uh, you know, just like, oh, cool. uh, yeah, with a lot of like, you know, tableau builders are doing this like almost religiously nowadays. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get to, you get first pick. So, you know, if I take Banshee, uh, you're probably not going to let me have, you know, Professor X or, or, uh, or, or uh, Cyclops. So I, I right. see some people saying that. Uh, there's one review that I think is pretty funny. It's called uh, X Men Al- Alert Review, or Please Not Professor X Again. Um, and uh, he's, he's actually got a pretty long review, but one of the things I think is, is funny is um, I could be a little bitter because I once got Professor X and Jubilee in random draws. Professor X is very good at recruiting new X-Men. However, the opportunity to do so is not often enough for that to be balancing. He can also choose to roll six dice to attack instead of two, but since more dice equals more chances to be hurt, and Professor X has the least amount of hit points of any other character, he is more like a bomb than a character. I wish he was more like a bomb in the comic. <laughs> so uh, he, he puts the uh, total balance here at two and a half stars out of five, as uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. James Moss. On, uh, That's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love that he can attack with uh, intelligence dice. That is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool ability yeah. that they gave him. That is cool. I um, Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people kind of mention the the fact that it's unbalanced here and there. I, I like this one guy. He gave it a five. He wrote, pick Wolverine, win games. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think people generally cap- capture the sentiment. Um, Did no one catch the Banshee thing? Uh, no, you see I, a lot I'm of not people seeing saying, anyone talking about that. I, I see people just saying, like, you know, Imbalance broken overall, combinations right. and stuff. But yeah. specific, not specifically that one. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't use it to its full potential like me. I just, uh, it, it would be really funny to uh, ooh, voice crack there. I have to mark that one down. Uh, <laughs> please. Uh, it would be really interesting to go through the game and uh, see if there are any broken uh, combinations that you can do that sort of, like, Banshee combined with X right. character, like allowing rerolls, would just be totally. It'd be wonderful, you know. Uh, or even Rogue combined with Banshee, because she could essentially give you a second shot at that twenty-five percent chance, uh, because she could steal the ability. Like uh, there, are, there are ways out there. Then, and, and the fact that you you have a lot of versatility to the combinations of the heroes, I think, might even be a plus to add to the game. Um, but yeah, who wants to go into their own reviews? I do want to bring up uh, one of the Steam reviews because we talked about the the canniness, and uh, so this guy said. I pretty much expected this to be some atypical canny-ass trash. Man, that was way off. I wish there was a word to describe how uncanny this version is. But I'm not... (laughs) But I'm at a total loss due to all the uncanniness. Quote, uncanny, more like fun canny. Thank you so much for this gift, Shinso. So yeah, people were just trolling on the canny name. And I don't know why. (laughs) Garbage. Garbage tier takes. Who wants to take it here first? Um, I can start. Admittedly, I had a pretty rough time... Uh, with the game, but I saw that there was a lot of really good potential. Um, I enjoyed that, uh, you know, each of the characters had their own statistics, so you play them a little differently, and I like the fact that they tossed in special abilities um, for each of them. I do wish that the special abilities were unique. Uh, you know, like Garrett mentioned, Banshee could do this thing, but also Iceman can do the same thing. I, you know, and I, I like that they um, they went as far as to naming each of the the abilities, but it didn't always seem like the abilities were tied to the theme, right? It just seemed like, oh, here's a cool thing they do, and then here's something that's more related to the game, like roll your dice again. Like, it doesn't really say why. Um, it does for some of them. I think, um, Garrett, do you still have the game up? Do you mind reading? Um, I think Gambit says for his uh, intelligence, something about he's a very convincing Cajun. <laughs> so uh, Yes. Uh, Gambit is a crafty Cajun and a smooth talker who can usually get others to see things his way. When Gambit is recruiting in a battle zone, count all Marvel rolls as four points. See, I think that's great. And I wish that Pretty they had good. done that for all the cards and all the special abilities, but it just seemed like they did it for some. So um, it, this is one of those games where I think two steps forward, one step back. There's a lot of really good in the game. 
I could see a ton of potential. My biggest issue is it's not balanced. Uh, there, are, there are issues with um, people maintaining in the game if they get a little bit behind. Um, and I think the, the, they aimed for kind of uniqueness in the theme, but they missed on it because they just kind of repeated some of them. But overall, I think pretty good. I'm going to give this a five and a half. Okay. I, uh, I'm very surprised that you gave it that much, considering uh, how handcuffed you were <laughs> uh, during the game. You're very kind. Um, I really like this game. I think that there probably would have been too many rules and uh, moving parts to it. Uh, if I was playing it when I was younger. Um, in fact, I was actually a little bit intimidated with all the stuff and all the amount of dyes. So I, 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 just to speak to that real quick, I, I immediately jumped into the advanced rules. So I ignored they, they put X's next to the quote-unquote advanced rules that you're supposed to ignore for your first playthrough. Um, oh. So generally, you actually just play with one hero, and they can't get killed, and, but you, there's no recruiting whatsoever. So you're just fighting the enemies. Um, I think there may be a couple enemies you take out, but I just jumped into the mm-hmm. advanced rules because you know we're professionals here on the podcast. We know what we're very doing. much so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say the uh, the balancing is what really did me in here. I was completely furious that uh, there was just two broken cards in the game. It's not even like the Apprentice game where it's in there as a joke. They actually let you play with uh, with the most powerful <laughs> person in the game. And, uh, yeah, it does break it a little bit for me. I'm not sure how. I just don't think there's any tactics or things that you can implement that would be able to top that if someone, like, gets a lucky draw and gets Banshee and Iceman as their first two. You know, it's just like the guy said, not wanting to get Jubilee or xavier i think you really got to be careful so that no one feels like they're totally boxed in if they get dealt uh to certain cards uh i would give this just out of sheer frustration mm, i'll give it a four point no i'm gonna give it a five good yeah. five yeah very good uh, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was probably one of the better games we've uh, we've actually brought on the podcast. Um, I I think if we if it weren't the cash grab of uh, you know diving into the X Men series, we probably wouldn't have bothered with this because you know it's 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 decently enough a, a gamer's game and a lot of components, especially for the early nineties. Um, I think it's pretty cool they had the miniatures in it back then. Um, really, I I, mean, I don't want to harp too much on the stuff that you guys already said uh just some other new points that i'd, I'd like to say another issue i kind of had was kind of the the fizzle at the end there's not like some grand final boss battle you know the the enemies that come out are completely random so you know magneto could come out first and then the last enemy you capture is uh, i don't know juggernaut or, or somebody a lot weaker and right. uh you just win that way you probably could have had some sort of like tiered system where you know you're revealing cards and they're progressively getting much harder and that i think would have solved you know jeff's problem and not gotten knocked out so soon but i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that um i think probably drafting cards wasn't really a, a concept back then as far as like well it, it may have been a concept but like it wasn't a very huge movement in, in board games so I'm, I'm okay with them leaving that out and I, I think sometimes you know it's just luck of the draw and uh that's the way it is i'm okay with like i said the broken combos that can occur but you know the broken single characters seem to be they could have used a definitely a lot more work i think 25 percent chance to capture magneto when that's probably gonna you know take three or four turns anyways for most characters to cap is uh way 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 too overpowered um I think this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Richard Borg is uh, is a great game designer, and I think he brought a lot. And I, I think this is certainly the best Pressman game we've played. Um, yeah, I agree. For sure. Uh, and, you know, the cash grab nature of it aside, I had a blast with it. And I, I, would, I, I would definitely play this again um, and explore kind of the other heroes, especially if I was a huge X-Men fan, um, especially if I had the miniatures. Um, the, I, I think last thing I'll say is the component quality. I think they went way too heavy on the miniatures and probably could have actually printed some uh, custom dice instead of having you put stickers on there. But <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Uh, that was all in in the nineties. Be a little forgiving for that. Uh, I'm gonna actually give this a five and a half as well. And I'm right there with Jeff. Uh, I was on. I probably would have uh, jumped down with Tom had I been on the receiving end of the whooping that Banshee did to him. Uh, and I probably would have been even lower than Jeff had I sat out the entire game like he did. But <laughs> I'm trying but to I be had a pretty good time. <laughs> trying <laughs> to I had be a pretty objective. good time playing. Yeah. Well, well, kudos to you. That is uh, that was well done. Um, five and a half from me. 
Nice. So what does that put the Rough Draft Boys average at, Gare? Rough Draft Boys average of 5.33, repeating, of course. And that is going to be just uh, 0.77 away from BoardGameGeek. Pretty close here. They have it at a 6.1 off of 409 ratings. Uh, So like we said, not their most popular game. A decent chunk of ratings. Um, But you have to scroll down to the bottom of their second page on their uh, Board Game Geeks thing. So that's like near the 50th entry of their... uh, 400 or so games so not not one of their bigger ones certainly not one of their more memorable ones but uh you know certainly popular and it it had its time in the sun okay we have a nice review for you guys that's typed up here uh just uh hash this bad boy out it's going to be going on the uh the tabletop sim page or or maybe even maybe the board game geek throw it on both i think this is the official game uh so i think we've experienced the game as the as mr borg intended very good. So I'm posting it in the chat for you, Jeff. Why don't you go ahead and read that out loud? <sighs> I'm so glad that my favorite X-Man named Banshee is in the game. When I was a kid and all my friends were pretending to be an X-Man, I would scream really loud like my favorite X-Man, Banshee. Then all my friends stopped and looked at me with this crazy, stunned look. And I knew then that I was the most powerful X-Man. Five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dreams do come true. It finally became a reality, boys. You just had to scream loud enough, and all your friends have left you now. It's real. It's real. It's all real. And and speaking of things becoming a reality, dreams becoming a reality, the time has come. If you have not seen our posts on it, and believe me, you will probably have seen our posts about it. If you're anywhere near us on social media, we probably... Uh, been talking your ear off about it but all rise has launched at this point we're recording this early right we're recording this like on on the weekend before so hopefully it's doing pretty well right now maybe you should go check it out you should go inspect those numbers if not this podcast would be kind of funny to be honest to look back at our our failures (laughs) on kickstarter and how we've gone gotten to this point and uh how somebody like me could just keep rolling hits even though the chances of rolling hits are only one in six so it's it's unbelievable unbelievable the odds are in our favor but you just never know so if you have not if you've not already done so, please go ahead and support the game on Kickstarter. There's a couple of nice little support tiers that you can get. Hopefully they're running out, but maybe they haven't yet. So you know you can go over there and check out what we've been spending the last year or so building up for you guys. Thank you guys so much for the support that you've given us up to this point. Thank you guys who've gone on and rated the podcast, who've been listening, who've been sticking with us through thick and thin. We really appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, go uh, throw on, throw on, you know, throw on another roll and move episode and go go check out the page and i'm sure it will uh, definitely be worth your if you while. can't back financially well get it i mean you can share it with your friends get out <laughs> <laughs> share it with your friends spread the word as many people as we can get uh with their eyeballs on the game would be great so thank you so much yeah um so if you want to get reach out to us about the game if you have questions about it we're going to be Jeff and I are getting up at 5 a.m. on that launch day. So yeah, Thomas is getting we're up probably at still up at the lunch. time. <laughs> <laughs> and we are uh, we're going to be answering questions if anyone has any uh, any messages that they're sending us about the Kickstarter. And so we're going to be we're in the thick of it. So if you want to reach out to us as well, you can reach out to us at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. Additionally, if you have recommendations for the Roll and Move podcast, we would love to take those from you. Uh, you can shoot us an email at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. If you don't want to tweet us, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Uh, additionally, any feedback you have for All Rise, we'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, you can either post it on the Kickstarter page itself or, again, send us an email, roughdraftgames at gmail.com. And as Thomas mentioned, while we'd love for you to visit the one and only important website, which is kickstarter.com slash game, if you do happen to be you know, already backed and sitting around waiting for other stuff to do, you can always come to our, our first website and our first love, roughdraftgames.com, uh, where you can check out other episodes of Roll and Move, uh, other thematic posts, and you can read up about All Rise some more in another light and context, but obviously you can always just go to the Kickstarter at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all we have for it. Guys, if we don't... Well, I'll tell you right now. I, I think I think we're going to have to hold this podcast hostage. If we don't 
<laughs> if we don't, uh, if we don't, you know, break, I, I don't think we could show our face in this town again. No. So you know, we gotta, we gotta help push us over. I thought that you were gonna threaten limit. to not post this podcast, but then I figured you're in a catch twenty two because no. then they wouldn't have heard the threat. So no, it's, it's, it's gonna be. I, there are a lot of people out there who are addicted to this podcast, and I know that. And we're about to. Uh, Put you through withdrawal syndromes because we're going to be too busy hiding our faces in shame if this thing doesn't uh, get through. So, uh, going to have to help us out, guys. Thank you once again to everyone who's helped us uh, get this far and who's uh, given us words of encouragement. And uh, we'll see how it goes from here. We got 28 days left. Hope you'll be there with us.